All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of the Steelers Preview Podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, podcast producer Brian Anthony Davis, the other co-editor, Dave Schofield. And we are talking Steelers versus Browns at this point. And this is tough. I actually think this is fun. When you have to think out, this is Brian, this is right in your wheelhouse, Brian, thinking outside the box. Um, this is the BJ Finney game for Brian Anthony Davis when it comes to X-Factors. So when you're thinking about X-Factors for a game that doesn't really matter, you know, it it does. And yes, they could move to the two seed if Buffalo loses and the Steelers win. Who's the X-Factor? We'll start with offense for you, Brian. We'll let you go first. Who's the X-Factor on offense for this week 17 game? Okay, there's an obvious one. So I'm going to take a less obvious one. And it's going to be Chase Claypool. And here's the reason why. Chase Claypool said the other day that he has a locker next to Mason Rudolph, that he uh, bends Mason Rudolph's ear all the time. Mason talks to him about patterns, um, about passing. Everybody's going to come up with the Cowboy connection, the Steel Cowboys from last year, when everybody wanted to talk about how James Washington was going to have an amazing year because Mason Rudolph was going to be throwing the ball to him. Hey, Duck Hodges threw more balls to uh, James Washington, the guy completed, than Mason Rudolph did last year, or so it seems. I might be wrong on that, but it seems like they had more of a rapport. So we talk about that rapport just because it goes back to college. No, it really is what's happening now in the NFL locker room. And I think the Chase Claypool is going to be targeted a lot by Mason Rudolph when he throws the football. Okay, Dave Schofield. All right, this is a bit of a Brian Anthony Davis answer. But it is actually within the Steelers organization. The offensive X factor for week 17 is none other than Randy Land. Randy. Oh, you stole mine. Dang it. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dave. Obvious because okay, you're you're playing Mason Rudolph. If he comes out and you and you start seeing these one, you know, one yard out patterns to the sidelines or the two-yard slants or everything little easy dink and dunk. What the Steelers had basically been trying to do offensively the last, was it, four and a half games? If you see that, it first of all, that should tell me that they need to take away his play calling sheet for the playoffs. Okay, that's one. But two, you don't got to hold anything back with this kid. You're, you're not trying. And it's, it's obvious that winning the game is not the most important thing here. I mean, I don't care if you come out – this is the perfect opportunity for an offensive coordinator to say, all right, you know what we're going to do? Um, last game of the season, can't hold anything back. Um, sorry, I just had to <laughs> um, Take their regular offense and put it in the trash can for the week. Do something completely different because guess what? Then you're not putting anything on tape for the playoffs. Play it, run a, a whole new offense. Do everything different. To say, come out here, what do you have to lose? You know, all you're doing is basically making sure guys are doing it. You're not going with your guy that's really calling your offense. You might as well just do something completely different. But I bet you anything, Randy doesn't do that. <laughs> all right, so you took mine with Randy. I'm going to go sorry. with – that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, with Mason Rudolph yeah. because I think Mason Rudolph, not – this is – he's got to be – I bet he's pretty stressed. I bet he's – He's going to feel a lot of pressure uh, coming out. There's no, there was no preseason. And I, the one thing I can't stand is when fans automatically bemoan the fact that he's going to start this game and assume that it's going to be a repeat of 2019. Could it be? Absolutely. But let's also not 
assume that this guy is not a professional, that this guy hasn't worked to improve, and that he, when given the chance, will actually show that he has improved. I'm not saying that he is going to prove that with one game that he is the future quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not at all. But could he go out there and look a lot better than last season? Yes, he absolutely could. He could have better pocket presence. He could have better poise in the pocket. He could use his mobility to his advantage. Um, I I think that this is just a case where the only thing I'm really concerned about for Mason Rudolph is if he's going to actually be able to put his best foot forward. And what I mean by that is, the Browns have everything to play for, and the Steelers have really nothing to play for. So if Alejandro Villanueva gets taken out to put in Gerald Hawkins, is Miles Garrett going to absolutely just kill Mason Rudolph every time he drops back to pass? Are they going to give him enough time to actually show anything? I'm not so sure that's going to happen. But Mason Rudolph is coming off. He's going into his last year. Next year is his last year of his rookie deal. He has a lot to prove, not only to the Steelers, but to 31 other NFL teams. Let's just see. If he can improve, if he can't, it'll be obvious. If he can, we'll see. Dave, go ahead. I, I almost picked Rudolph because I wanted to say these certain things, but Randy was such the obvious answer. And if I'd have known you wanted wanted Randy, I'd have left him for you. But I'm sorry. But with Mason Rudolph, remember this. Put this in perspective. Mason Rudolph went into Cleveland on a short week on a Thursday. As a Remember the short week and had a terrible game. He gets hit over the head with his own helmet, comes out the next week, not the same guy. Just things weren't right. Terrible against the Bengals. He gets pulled. The only other time we saw Mason Rudolph after that was when he came in for an ineffective Duck Hodges against the Jets, led the Steelers to a to a touchdown right away. And as Brian has said many times, he feels that if Mason Rudolph does not get hurt in that game, which mainly was the result of Marquise Pouncey getting hurt because it was – Pouncey got hurt. Finney came in. The next play stepped on Rudolph's foot. He falls down, and that allows them to come in and break his collarbone. That if Rudolph doesn't get hurt, the way he was playing in that game, they probably win that game and make the playoffs. So, or at least possibly do. So then you have so you have all of that. Then you have this season, which is the season Rudolph was supposed to get last year, which was because his rookie year, he was the third quarterback. He was getting no reps. Last year was supposed to be the year that he got all the Wednesday practices with the ones as Ben's backup to get prepared to, to develop. He got thrown into the fire. You know, he had that for one one week of being the backup, and then he was in in the second half in week two. So now he's got that season. This is his chance to show us what he has. Please, Randy Land, do something that he can actually at least show what he can do. Because if not, you then you ultimately completely wasted week 17. You know what I really hope happens here? I hope that we also see Joshua Dobbs with certain packages. I hope that we see Joshua Dobbs go in there, some RPO stuff, really mix it up. Like, be creative, you know, not, not like, oh, Mason stinks. We're going to put in Dobbs now. Not that I'm talking about. I would like to see Dobbs be used in a way that's uniquely for him. And I just think that would be, that, that would be a good change of pace. Brian, anything yeah. to add? I think Randy uh, does not know what to do this week because he is used to Ben bailing him out every single time, even though he won't admit it. In fact, I still, I think really Randy probably thinks Ben is the quarterback this week. I don't think he knows yet. Then uh, give Ben the headset to call the plays for real. Absolutely, Dave, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because it showed last year, his inequity showed last year when when uh, he was, gosh, remember the no soda for you comment that I came up with when I went 
completely off the Feetner bandwagon was when he started throwing Mason Rudolph under the bus. And Mason Rudolph was not that terrible yet, but he was throwing him under. And so it was just one of those things that he really piled on his young quarterback instead of mentoring him. So I am not a Randy guy. I fully expect him to be gone next year. I'm hoping that he is. I, I wish him well. I hope he put a lot of money away to for an early retirement. And I hope he goes off to the Caribbean and has a great life, just not in black and gold with a headset on because he blows. And that's the bottom line to the whole thing. So really, Dave said it earlier, throw something at, at this guy, these, this team that you've never seen before. Let him audition. Because you know what? This game last year in Cleveland on November 14th last year damaged this kid more than anything because of the aftermath of what happened. Because of allegations that didn't come out right after the game, but five days later as a, ooh, I got to come up with something. So yeah, I'm dipping my toe into that pool and saying it. So this guy, his career was really damaged by that. And I don't think it, I don't think he really deserved it deep down. So with that being said, let this guy go out, show what he can do, show the Steelers, show the other 31 teams in the league, and also someone else has noticed it already. The guy that didn't want him there at all has noticed it already that this kid has something. Ben Roethlisberger came out and said something this week that he has really impressed him on the sidelines this season. So, hey, you've got a backer in Ben now. Let him show it. Very good. Let's get at the super chat. Cree, he gives us 50 bucks. Thank you very much. Thanks, Cree. And he said, belated Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Same to you, Cree. We appreciate you. How do you feel we will do in the playoffs since we don't have a running game and a suspect offensive line? Um, I don't know, guys, real quick. Brian, what are your thoughts on that? If they uh, let Ben play the way he played in the second half, if they come out with a second half offense against the Colts, I think they'll be okay. Dave? I would much rather have a stifling defense than the league's best running game. Honestly, I would rather be in the Steelers situation where they have a great defense because Tennessee's defense has been terrible rather than have Derrick Henry. Now, some people might not feel that way, but I do. Was it the Giants? that won the Super Bowl when they finished the regular season last in rushing? I'd, I'd have to look that up, but yeah. um, I think so. And Jeff, don't forget, we have a, we have breaking news we got to announce too. Uh, you talking about TJ Watt? Yes. Yeah, TJ Watt, this comes from uh, our deputy editor, Michael Beck, in the live chat said that Mr. TJ Watt was just named Steelers' most valuable player for the 2020 season. I think that's very it's, – it's a good pick. And who else would you pick? I mean, yeah. maybe Ben, but Ben's Ben rarely ever the MVP. I think he's only been the MVP one time in his career. Um, so TJ Watt, who won it last year? I think it was TJ Watt, wasn't it? Was yeah, it? Jared Devil will say in second year in a row. And yeah, I'm kind of yeah. thinking that, yeah. yeah this so. came right from the Steelers. The, the alert came from the Steelers that they announced it too. It was That's not really- Doug Hodges. <laughs> 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 it's Mason Rudolph. It was Mason Rudolph. <laughs> hey, Cree, thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. Yeah, no doubt. Let's go to the defensive side for our X Factors for the defensive side of the football. Brian Anthony Davis, who is that? I'm going to say Vince Williams. Okay. I always say Vince Williams. <laughs> I have that crush on Vince Williams, I guess. Um, 
as far as players go. I really think this is, man, this is a team that could run the ball. They could not run the ball last week well. Why? Because they had no receivers and everybody knew that they were going to rely on Nick Chubb. We didn't see Nick Chubb in week six, which was kind of scary because that guy is, in my mind, one of the best running backs in the National Football League. I'm I'm not going to, you know, get into that battle saying that he's uh, he's better than uh, the uh, the kid in uh, Tennessee or the Dalvin Cook. So um, Derek Henry, by the way, I should just say his name. Um, but you know, I'm not going to say he's better. I just think he is fantastic. Boy, I'm the guy that would have loved to have seen seen uh, the Steelers get a hold of him in the first round in 2018 because I just think he is absolutely spectacular. Um, but they went in a different direction. All I'm saying is Nick Chubb is so dangerous. If the Steelers have a chance to shut them down, it's Vince Williams uh, in the middle. Dave, who's your defensive X factor? I am going with Alex Highsmith. Mm, okay. like a guy that you know he's a starter but he's still going to keep playing they're still going to play him in this game um you know they maybe might limit him some snaps but it's not that he's not going to play in this game and the last time that the Steelers played the Browns one Alvin Bud Dupree he had two sacks in that game so now you've got Highsmith filling in in that same position that he's got to show I mean he did a great job last week on the pass rush he was he was getting there and making Rivers have to throw the ball before he wanted to, which was a which is what you want to do with a veteran like that against someone like Baker Mayfield. He's probably going to get home on those sacks because he made. I mean, even the way Vince Williams described it, playing up against Philip Rivers, Baker Mayfield ain't no Philip Rivers when it comes to breaking down defenses and making wise decisions. So let's get someone who's going to get after the quarterback, and we'll we'll go with uh, with Highsmith. I like that. I like that pick a lot. I, for me, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of my offensive X factor. I talked about no preseason to Mason Rudolph and anxious to see how he looks. I want to see the same on the defensive side. So someone like Justin Lane, someone like Antoine Brooks, someone like Carlos Davis. Carlos Davis got a helmet over Isaiah Bugs last week. Think about that. Three I mean, straight. this was a guy that every single one of us, and we weren't the only show on our podcast platform that said, not even make the team. Maybe you'll be on the practice squad. He's made the team and now he's playing. So this project, quote unquote, is seen time. I, I want to see, I don't want to see any injuries on defense. Get Joe Hay, get Minka Fitzpatrick. Don't even put that guy on the field. Good Lord. Let Sean Davis play. Like let Sean Davis play safety. Let Minka stand on the sideline with his helmet in hand. It would be, uh, what Dave, you're shaking your head. No, you got to put Minka out there that first series to get in Mayfield's head. Because. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Series be like, oh crap, I gotta deal with this guy again. <laughs> but you know, I, I look forward. This is a game that's like a preseason game to me. And, and believe it or not, it's because I like the Steelers so much and I love football. I don't mind preseason games. It's a chance to see some of these players that you're not gonna see once the regular season starts. This there was not that we had none of those this year. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing some of these backup players getting out there, seeing what they can do. If it's if it's bad, it's bad. But it's it's experience that they're going to get valuable experience at that. So I know that's kind of a, a wishy washy answer, but that's what I'm going with. So all right, let's uh, let's go to over under. You all ready for this? Yeah. All right, here we go. Mason Rudolph touchdowns. Okay, for the Steelers, not for the other team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're set the line at one and a half. Over under. Brian, we'll start with you. 
You know, let's say two. Wow. Okay, Dave. Yeah, I'm gonna go two as well. Nice. I'm gonna go under with one. I'm gonna go under with one. Mason Ruff interceptions, same line, one and a half. Brian, start with you. Let's say two. <laughs> Dave. That sounds like a good number, Brian. <laughs> we already disagree really in the show. Now we want to agree a lot. Man, that's <laughs> nice. You guys are nice. Kiss and makeup. I, I'm gonna say under. I think that he, if anything, is gonna be very safe with his decision making, maybe to a T, maybe, maybe to a fault, I should say. So I'm going to say under. I want him to throw interceptions because I want him to be making those tough throws. You know he's not going to do that. Okay, Steelers sacks. Steelers sacks getting after Baker Mayfield, not with TJ Watt. It's going to be on other players to get the job done. I have the line at two and a half. Uh, That might be a little aggressive. I thought that was a good number. Brian, what do you think? I'm going to say two. Okay. Dave? I'm going under. I want them to keep the streak going with one. Come on, Highsmith. You got to get home on one of them. The Browns line is good, and they were not healthy the last time they played the Steelers. And I'm, I'm if I'm not mistaken, they're fairly healthy now or healthier. I'm going to go under, but I think they at least get one. Someone will get home. Maybe it'll be Vince Williams up the middle. Maybe it'll be Mike Hilton off the edge if he ends up playing. Someone, I think, will get home and sack uh, Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield sucks. All right. How about Steelers sacks surrendered? Okay. So giving up sacks, the Steelers are the best in the league. I actually have this line at three, just looking at what they might do along the offensive line. No Marquise Pouncey. So guys over under sacks surrendered three, Brian, we'll go with you. I'm going to say push. I think they give up okay. three. All right, Dave. I'm I'm going over. I'm going four. Ooh. I, I'm actually going to go under with two. I think I, I think we're under with two. I think I, I don't think it's going to be as bad as everyone thinks. All right, turnovers. Steelers giving the football up. Up. We already know. We, we already talked about Rudolph. Um, maybe there are some fumbles in there. So I have the line set at one and a half, which is the same as Rudolph. You guys are going to go over, but I want to know if you think it's just going to be interceptions or if there are going to be some fumbles in there too. Brian, what do you think? Let's throw a fumble in there and let's say three. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. This is what I'm this is what I'm hoping for. This is just what I'm kind of expecting. So. Okay. I'm gonna go under. I think they might have a turnover, uh, but it, it might be a fumble or something like that. All right, the takeaways, defensive takeaways. Again, a lot of the playmakers were hoping and expecting to be on the sidelines. I have takeaways at two. Uh Baker Mayfield has been turning the ball over a lot recently. He had some fumble issues last week in New York. Brian, over under two. I'm gonna go two and a half. Um <laughs> Over. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I just wanted to see faces on that one. Now, let, let's actually, uh, I want to go with a push on that too. I, I think that they still can get get some turnovers. One of the guys, like you're going to see a Sutton get one maybe, and I think you might see a Highsmith get one. Someone nice. along the lines of that, but only two. So let's push it. Okay, Dave. Before you set your, your line, I knew what my answer was going to be, and it was two. So it's a push. Okay. All right. I'm going to have a push as well. I should have gone to two and a half, but I thought that might've been a little much next one. Chase Claypool touchdowns. This is Brian's X factor for offense. One and a half chase Claypool touchdowns. Brian, what do you think over under? Well, I can't go salt and Peppa and do the push it real good on this one. So let's go two. let's go over. All right. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I'm going under going under. Do you think he gets one at all? I hope he gets one. I'd like to okay. see him get one. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under with one. I think he gets one, but he needs two to break the rookie record, doesn't he? For most touchdowns for a rookie in a season. I think, was it Brian that put that in his, in an article or someone? 
No, I'm sorry. It was Michael Beck who did the Steelers stats. I think he said that uh, maybe it was Louie Lips as a rookie has yeah. set the record for touchdowns for a rookie. Um, anyways, last one. Over under rushing yards for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to set that number at a lofty 70. Over under rushing yards. Brian, what do you think? I'm going to say over. Wow. Okay. Man, nice. Dave, what do you think? I'm going under because I think even 60 yards would be a good day for the Steelers. That Well, yeah, they're coming off a whopping 20 yards rushing uh, last week in week 15. I'm going to say under as well. I just don't think they run the ball well. Again, they're going to have subs in. Cleveland just is not. behind Dotson all day. And That's just true. Yeah, just run it. And wouldn't it be crazy if we're coming back and talking about the pitch? Mason Rudolph threw nine pass attempts as the Steelers rushed for 287 yards. As they knocked the Browns out. I would love that headline. I would love All that. right. Dave, go ahead and, and go over the odds. Uh, what, or I'm sorry, the spread and the over-under right now. Well, and we're going to get into our predictions. The spread changed. I'm going to refresh it again just to make sure it didn't change again because it changed. You'll see why it mattered when it changed on me. The spread is now where the Steelers are plus nine. They are Mm. plus nine with an over under of 42. So they are nine point underdogs. It was 10. I wonder if the COVID stuff's coming into play. It might. It might. Brian, what are your thoughts? What's your prediction for this game? Well, let's go ahead and take the under on this game. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is still really, really good. I know Watts sitting and no Hayward sitting. I still like what they have on that team. I like the fire in the backups. I think you might even see a guy like Cassius Marsh get some playing time too. Um, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Uh, there's a part of me, uh, a lot of my heart, and even maybe a fraction of my head says that the Steelers could win this game. I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm actually going to pick against the Steelers for the first time in a long, long time. But it's because of everybody that's sitting. And But the best thing about a team is when they've got nothing to lose, you know, sometimes they're a little more dangerous. So the Steelers have nothing to lose in this game. But guys have a lot of stuff to prove as far as individuals. I'm still going to say that Cleveland wins this game, punches their tickets to the ticket of the playoffs. They're going to do it by the score of 20 to 17. Oh, close one. Dave, what's your prediction? Well, I came up with a score, but couldn't figure out which team I was going to have win it. Um, I've been wrong on these predictions for so long. Therefore, I'm going to pick the Browns because I want to keep that streak going. I'm going to say that the final score is going to be 24 to 20 because, and I have that the Steelers offense will have the ball. In field goal range, but they're going to need more than a field goal, and they just can't get it done with their um, with with the inexperience that they're going to have in at the time. But they'll be going for it. But I love these games. I mean, the last two times the the Steelers have played Cleveland in Week 17 when Ben Roethlisberger rested, they won both those games. Now both of them were in Pittsburgh, and they were going up against the one and fourteen Browns and the zero and fifteen Browns. So this is completely different. But um, You also got to remember going back to 2004 in that Buffalo game when the Steelers still managed to find a way to win um, against a good Buffalo team when Ben Roethlisberger sat out. But I, history can't tell you anything here. They just got to come out and play. And I would love to see these young guys pull off the victory. But uh, if I had to bet on it, I wouldn't bet on it. I would bet on them to cover, but not necessarily win. All right, so I was pretty close last week. Uh, I picked the Steelers to beat the Colts, and they did. They thankfully proved me right. Uh, but this week, 
Well, who am I kidding? I still think the Steelers are going to win. I can't pick against the Steelers. I'm the homer. Come on, people. I mean, come on. Uh, I think, boy, wouldn't it be poetic justice if Mason Rudolph goes to Cleveland and ends their season? Beats the Browns. Can they get in if they lose? Don't they need a whole bunch of stuff to go go right, Dave? The Browns, the Browns are out if they lose and the Colts win. So if the Colts lose, they still have a prayer, even if the Browns lose. That game, the, that, that game happens later. Oh, okay. All right. It's a 25 game. So okay, so Browns Mason Rudolph could lose, put a huge They will be dent. out of the playoffs until someone else puts them back in. Could be a huge dent, we'll put it that way, in their playoff chances. Wouldn't it be incredible, poetic justice, if Mason Rudolph – does just that in the Steelers. I think that they're going to need a defensive score or at least the defense to set them up. I like the Steelers 26 to 24 beating the Browns. And it would be, Oh my gosh, it would be awful. A Cleveland fans would probably just, I don't even know what they would do. It would be bad. We would all be be glorious. It It would be be so much fun. (laughs) So much fun. All right. So that's my pick. So I'm taking the Steelers getting points, obviously, and I'll take the over. I think just both. I think there's going to be more points than people think. So there we go. All right, Dave, you have trivia. I do. It got messed up a little bit, but luckily it's still kind of worked out. So I had it that the Steelers were, they were favored or sorry, they were underdogs at one point for as much as 10 points. So the question I was going to ask you guys is what was the last time the Steelers were 10 point underdogs? In 2019, probably. Was it in 2019? It was not. No, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, You're too good of a defense to be under underdogs by that much. Yeah. That offense was putrid though. Um, 10 point underdogs. This is this could it depends on where you look because different places have it. This is according to Pro Football Reference, who does a who does their overall consensus stuff. And Brian, you have a guess? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Patriots and let's say the opener in 2017, maybe. No, I don't think they were 10. Actually, players. 2016, the opener. Is he right, Dave? That was a great guess, but that is not correct. I don't know. I only I'm I'm only filtered now with games where they were where they were nine point underdogs or more. So I don't have that game up there if it's not on my list. So are you ready for it? Yes. How about December 9th of 2007 at the New England Patriots? They were ten and a half point underdogs and lost 34 to 13. That's the, this will only be these. This includes playoffs. This will only be the second time in the Mike Tomlin era, if he goes back to ten, that they would be ten points. You know what? Even at nine, even at nine, because that's what my filter is now. It would only be the second time in that time in, in in Mike Tomlin's coaching that the Steelers were nine point underdogs or more. Now, what's crazy if you take that game out of the mix against New England, and you want to look at the next two before that, it was two thousand four at Buffalo. That week 17 game that I talked about, and they won. The one before that was 2000 in in um, the 1st of October at Jacksonville. They were 11-point underdogs, and they won. So the Steelers have actually won two of their last three where they were, where they were underdogs of nine points or greater. Wow, that's a good stat. Go ahead, yeah. Brian. I have a trivia question. 
Okay. And it's not one of my typically nonsensical ones. So let's go ahead and look in the, the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 88 years of this team. Most of the time, they have had a Hall of Famer on their roster. Now, of course, they have not had a Hall of Famer on their roster since 2014 when Troy Polamalu, when he went ahead and retired after that season. So we're not going to count the years following that because they might have a, a future Hall of Famer on the roster. They might have a few. But when was the last time that the Steelers had a season when they did not have a Hall of Famer on their roster? I don't, I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm, so you're saying I'm trying to get the the last time they didn't have someone who is now in the Hall of Fame is now in the Hall of Fame. Okay. And we said we're not allowed to say 2020 because there's no one in the Hall of Fame on the 2020 roster. Yeah. Yeah, so you can't say 15 through 20 because no one's officially in. Gotcha. <laughs> and we are not counting coaches. Either, so I mean, you can't you can't count. Can't say Dick though. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I have no clue. Jerry, let me let me think here. Give me a second. Hmm. So, because you got to think, Palomalu, because you got to count him now. Correct. That's all the way to two thousand three. Yeah, that's back to two thousand three. You know, before that, they had Jerome Bettis. He went back to when did he come? Ninety-eight. He came in ninety-six. Ninety-six. Oh, that's right, because the Super Bowl was played in ninety-six, but it was the ninety-five season. That's so then you go to ninety-three because of well, yeah, you go to ninety-three because of Kevin Green. Well, and you got Rod Woodson. Yeah. In there, so you're really going back. You're missing a guy in Dermani, by the way. Oh, well, we're just whether we're missing. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew Germani was there for a long time. Yeah. So now you're back in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, with Woodson, you're back to 87 at least. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Woodson goes back to there. Um, how about when was Germani? So are we talking 86? No, we're going to talk 68 because Stallworth and Shell both retired in 87. They came on oh, in 74. Right. And then, of course, you've got Joe Green coming in in 69 that eclipses all of those. Um, they had The last one before there was a three-year stretch in 1965, John Henry Johnson left. And so in 66, 67, and 68, there were no Hall of Famers. I was wondering if there was one squeezed in there in the 80s, but if I would have realized that, yeah, that's right, that um, that um, Stallworth was still there, then I knew it would have gone back to the 60s. So good question. Yeah, very good question. And Scott right. Lane, thanks for the advice, but that's just a habit. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bold prediction time. Bold oh, prediction yeah. time. So let's go with Brian. He's the one that writes the bold prediction article that runs every game day, in which case he picks some crazy predictions that typically surround themselves with Bougie Smith-Schuster. And then he also does some of his own actual bold predictions. So Brian, what's your bold prediction for this week? Well, it's it's just going to go back to what I was saying earlier. I think Chase Claypool goes absolutely off in this game. So I am going to give him two touchdowns in this game through the air and one on the ground. He gets three. Wow. Dave? 
Bold prediction. I had a, I had a couple. I was going to try to do something that involved, like you know, um, that you're going to see a nice double team between Big Al and Kevin Dodson to make sure they put Miles Garrett on his back at some point in the first drive. Um, that that I was thinking about going that way, but instead I'm going to go with my defensive X factor. I think I think Alex Highsmith. Let's go with a defensive touchdown. No, that's that nice. That would be awesome. I'm going to go with the fact that I think. This game is going to be really chippy. And I think there's going to be a lot of extracurricular stuff going on. I do think Miles Garrett sacks Mason Rudolph, and all eyes are going to be on that encounter, that situation, and what happens. Um, we'll see who gets the last laugh and in returns in terms of you know winning the football game. But I think that there's going to be at least one scuffle. We'll put it that way in this contest. That's my bold prediction. Maybe that's not that bold. Maybe that's not that bold. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that there, I think this could get ugly. I think this could, this game could get ugly. See, so, I, I, you, you should have done, you, you should have done the, an over under of, um, fights in the game of, <laughs> of, of, um, of, um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties on miles Garrett, you know, which include, which includes like roughing the passer. And yeah. So you got to wonder, you got to wonder how this is going to play out. They, they've definitely, you know, it's it's weird how things have worked themselves out. We'll see. All right, let's go, ahead, Dave. I was, one last thing I was going to say. To, I want to sum it up for people. That are like, what's it going to take? What's going to happen for the Steelers and Ravens to you know to for them to meet up in the first round of the playoffs? Believe it or not, the only scenario in where the Ravens beat the Bengals and they face the Steelers in the first round is if both the Steelers and the Bills lose. If both the Steelers and the Bills lose their games, and then Baltimore wins. That's the only way that the Steelers face the Ravens with a Baltimore win. All other scenarios would involve a Baltimore loss is the only other way that they're going to match up against each other. Seriously, listen to his podcast. Go check out the article that's on the website. Or, you have it both in written and audio. Like He literally is it all laid out for you. Yeah. No, even better. During the one o'clock games on Sunday, oh, yeah. Good play. I am going to have an article that I'm going to update every, I don't know. It, it kind of depends on how the scores are changing. I am going to give up to the minute, every time I update it, what the matchups are going on during the one o'clock. Wow. We should just now, do that in podcast form, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Throw you online <laughs> with, a, with a dry erase board. I wouldn't be able to see the game. I wouldn't be able to see the Steelers game. But so that's one thing. That that article will end when the Steelers matchup is set in stone. So if it goes into the 425 games, even if we're doing the post-game show, I'm still gonna have to be updating that article as we go. There you go. Very nice. All right, guys, let's finish this up this way. We don't only do final thoughts. We're going to call this resolution time. Uh-oh. Here we are, New Year's Eve. We're talking resolutions. If you want to go personal, you can, or you could just say what your Steelers resolution is for the 2021 calendar year. Brian, we'll start with you. What's your resolution for 2021? Well, my resolution is to have eye surgery so half of the uh, viewers don't think that I'm stoned all the time because of my thin, slim, uh, slanty eyes or slinty eyes or slits or whatever you want to call them. Um, so that's my resolution. And my other resolution is not to fight with Dave as much. <laughs> he knows I love him. They're like brothers. They're like brothers. All right, Dave, what's your resolution? Um, my My resolution... Um, when it comes to BTSC is to be able to catch all of my mistakes when I have to voice to text an article. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> that, that, that's tough. That's a out. lot of them. That's I mean, a lot. It all depends on the on the scenario. You know, if I'm in front of my computer or not. Sometimes I, you know, I mix it up. I don't always do the same thing every time. But hey, when there's breaking news, sometimes you got to get it done faster. To me, I talk faster than I type. Um, but then I got to go back and edit that. But just just in life, I want to be able to appreciate the time that I have with my children more because I'm with them pretty much all day, every day. And yet I don't feel like I'm taking advantage of it and really having, I still wish that I have more time with them. So I just need to take better advantage of the time that I'm, I'm given right now um, with, with our current situations where I can enjoy uh, my family, my whole family, especially my children. Absolutely. Good one. Nice. Uh, my, my resolution is, um, that the Steelers in the 2021 NFL draft with the 32nd pick, the Steelers select, I don't give a crap. Like, I seriously <laughs> don't care. With the 32nd pick, the Steelers take who gives a crap from whatever university. Like, that's seriously who I want. Just pick last, meaning you won the Super Bowl. That's what I freaking want. This team can get hot. This team can beat anyone. You got to believe it. And I think they do believe it now that after that second half against the Colts, I'm jacked up for the playoffs, folks. My personal resolutions, look, you just got to enjoy life. You, you make you, you make it what it is, period. You make your life what it is. You want to be miserable for the rest of your life, you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. If you want to look at I like to look through my world of black and gold lenses and everything looks peachy keen right now, all right? So, guys, happy new year. I wish you all both a happy new year. Everyone that's out there listening or watching, happy new year. Hope you start 2021 off the right way. And that's with us, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers, and our audio side. If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, make sure that you know that we have so much more content other than these live shows. So go to wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, you name it. Follow, subscribe, do whatever you have to do. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, you'll find us. Guaranteed. Um, someone just asked me what jersey I'm going to wear on Sunday. If I, Oh, geez. I do have a Mason Rudolph jersey. I'm scared to put that on. I've never worn a non-Ben jersey since 2004. So I'm very superstitious. We'll see. We will see. So, all right, guys. Happy New Year, everyone. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. There it is. The last one for 2020. We'll see you next week, everyone. Take-